How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Sam. This is different. I keep saying Ryan every single day. Sam's with me today. It's going to be freaking gas. And we're talking about a couple things here. Matt Carpenter was waived. I guess he was cut, waived by outright and DFA'd by the Braves. They traded for him, and they obviously didn't see much value there. So he's gone. He's available. We're going to talk about him. Does he make sense for the Yankees to come back? Um, and actually help this team in any way possible. I don't know if that's realistic, but we're going to talk about it anyway because we all love the mustache man, um, and he's a super fun player and a really great guy. We, we kind of miss him. So we'll talk about him. Then we're going to talk about Ken Rosenthal's report of the pivot options if the Yankees miss out on Yamamoto. So the update there, very briefly, Jeff Passan just tweeted out that there is no bidding war for Yamamoto just yet. The reports that say $300 plus million are all nonsense. So we don't know what his price tag is. It could be below $300 million, guys. This is certainly ongoing, or it could be over by a lot. We don't know yet. Um, but the, the bidding is going to start. Apparently, Steve Cohen gave him an initial offer when they met him in Japan, but not over the weekend when they met him. Obviously, Yamamoto met with the Yankees, requested. He, he specifically requested to meet with the Yankees a second time. Um, so that's a really good sign. Like Clearly, he wanted to get a couple answers, a couple questions, probably bounce them. This is what these guys are offering me. This is what these guys promised. What can you do to match that? What can you do to help me out here? Um, and just kind of see like if the culture fit is there. So we'll see how things progress, but it's about to heat up. We've been talking about rumors, this, that. This is It's going to be heating up over the next couple days. The 45-day posting window ends on January 4th. He wants to get it done before Christmas, reportedly. So we're going to figure it out, and we got you guys covered on that front. Uh, but Sam, my friend, Matt Carpenter, I know that's your boy. Um, obviously, the mustache man was very, very fun in 2022, but last year was not very good. So let's take a look at his numbers and, you know, if it makes sense for the Yankees to consider bringing him back. Oh, disgusting. And, you know, you know, I absolutely love Matt Carpenter. Everybody on the Internet knows that he's one of my favorite players in baseball. And that 2022 run was absolutely magical. It's something that none of us could ever forget in the midst of Aaron Judge's historic season. Matt Carpenter was right there on a 50-game pace and went absolutely insane. He had a 218 WRC+. He just kept hitting home runs. But he goes out to San Diego, gets this, like, kind of a bag. He gets $12 million from the San Diego Padres. Was awful last year. Terrible. Was hitting below his weight. I think he was like a 179 last year. 86 WRC plus. Negative .3 F4. So I'm not sure if it was the change of scenery or what happened with the injury. As you guys know, he hit the foul ball off his foot, which really ended his year. Came back in the ALCS and just, I think he struck out like 11 of 12 plate appearances in the ALCS. It was really ugly. But... Here's the thing with Matt Carpenter, and there is a lane where I could see him coming back to the Yankees, but there's also an endless amount of possibilities where it wouldn't make any sense. Now, the only reason how I could see Matt Carpenter coming back to the Yankees would be if he signed a you know a deal to go play in AAA, and if they ended up needing him for a body or, again, the inevitable John Carlos Stanton injury where somebody could fill in a DH, Matt Carpenter would be that guy that you would call up and be like, hey, like you can come and play for a couple weeks, like whatever. But right now, with the amount of position players that they already have in the infield, they don't really have a lot of space for a second baseman or a third baseman or a first baseman like we've seen a lot you know when he was with the Yankees he played in a ton of a ton of different spots he even played the corners a couple times he played third base I remember on a Sunday where he hit like three home runs and that was one of the greatest games I've ever seen in my life but right now they have a bit of an infield long jam I don't really see a clear path for him to be on this major league roster outside of being in the DH spot when John Carlos Stanton inevitably gets injured so if they end up I would not be surprised if they offered him an MILB deal, and he, you know, maybe came back and played for the AAA team, but right now, I mean, you know, he's apparently went back to driveline, so he went he, he went to driveline before he came to the Yankees, and after that, he looked absolutely insane, so if he's back in the lab at driveline and he can come back and rake, I'm here for it, 
But I just I think it's a super unrealistic you know scenario for him to come back and be the greatest player on planet Earth. But it's fun to dream about, um, and I I I will never forget about. I know you'll never forget about, it, and I know a lot of other Yankee fans will never forget about what he did in 2022. But it will be a lot of fun. I just really in deep down in my soul, I don't think it's going to happen because he's just not necessarily a productive player anymore. Um, he's 38. I just it might be the end of the road. But again, would be a ton of fun. I don't know, though. I don't think it's going to happen. No, you know, here's a little bit of a, a spicy hot take. Um, I think that maybe not so spicy, maybe not such a bunch of a hot take. It could be a freezing cold take, to be honest with you. I think Matt Carpenter's biggest contribution to the Yankees was making the Padres even put them even more financial dispar- dis- <laughs> for my financial turmoil. Hurting them financially may have helped us get Juan Soto. So Matt Carpenter not only helped us with 15 homers in 46 games, but he also added $12 million to the Padres payroll over two years that may have helped them or forced them to get rid of some of their prominent players. And, you know, Juan Soto, mm-hmm. obviously a Yankee now because they had no choice financially. Um, kind of exciting. That's So thank you, Matt, for helping in our quest to uh, make the Padres poor again. Um, and ultimately, <laughs> you know, you look at the possibility of, of you know Carpenter coming back. And like you said, it's unrealistic because of um, just the fact that we have other guys that can be those utility pieces. You still have Oswaldo Cabrera. Oswald Peraza seems primed to be a utility man. And, of course, you still have DJ LeMay who can play for a space if need be. And Rizzo's coming back at full strength. So, you know, where does Matt Carpenter fit into this equation? Well, he doesn't. And that's unfortunate. But, you know, does he want to go back to AAA? I don't think so. There probably is another team out there that's willing to give him a little bit of money, even a mill to play at the major league level and just be the DH. Like, be a first baseman, a backup first baseman. Um, you know, he can probably fill that role just fine but the Yankees don't need him right he he was a he was a miracle like straight up the Yankees got a miracle season out of Matt a miracle 50 games out of him that was it like it was a one and done type of thing but still we have lots of love for Carpenter I mean he was such a cool dude a leader a veteran like that old maybe like uh you know in Moneyball and the David Justice ends up like crushing for them and he's like has no legs and he's basically done that was Carpenter like bounced back and they just used him in a really great way and like got some value there um and then they convinced the Padres to give him 12 mil which is freaking hilarious um but you know that's you know, obviously that that story is now over, and I think we look toward the future in terms of younger, more durable talent, which is what the strategy has been for this offseason. I think we're going to stay on that lane. But talking about Yamamoto, um, the pivot options. Look, I this is worst case scenario stuff. There is two things here: best case scenario and worst case scenario. Worst case scenario is anything that doesn't involve Yamamoto being signed by the Yankees. Best case is obviously we get him and he lock him into a long term deal. Um, Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic reports that if the Yankees do miss out on him, they could go in the direction of a supercharged bullpen. Uh, basically, what that means is they look at the free agents available on the market right now, and there are some decent players, obviously Josh Hader, Jordan Hicks, um, some really talented uh, pitchers that the Yankees could consider. Robert Stevenson is another one. Um, I wrote about Hader and Hicks this this uh, morning. And look, Hader, we know how great he is. He was insane last year. Like, what do you have, a 1 290 RA or something like that? The guy was unbelievable. Uh, that sinker slider combination is ridiculous. I mean, if Matt Blake could build a pitcher in a lab, it would be Josh Hader. Um, and then you have Jordan Hicks, who guys he averages over 100 miles per hour on his sinker the guy has a ridiculous sinker the thing is blazing you get him in the freaking matt blake you know sequence and 
who knows, improves his accuracy a little bit, um, you know, utilize those breaking pitches a little bit more to his advantage. Jordan Hicks could be one of the best bullpen arms in baseball coming off a good season. Uh, that's the idea here. You go and sign like one or two of those guys and just create one of the best bullpens in the game and like survive in the pitching and the starting pitching rotation. Maybe you bring back, you bring back Montgomery, bring in a big uh, supercharged kind of bullpen option like that. Um, and, and, you know, see how that goes. Of course, this is not what we want, but it's, you know, it's fun to consider because the word supercharged had me like kind of salivating like, oh, what does that mean? Um, but, you know, what are your thoughts on that? The idea of like bringing in, I mean, obviously the idea here is not good, but if we were to go in that direction, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the thought of like this supercharged bullpen that could just dominate would be pretty fun to think about. Yeah, so first thing I will say is I will mention that Josh Hader was another member of the San Diego Padres and made a good chunk of money, and the Padres now cannot re-sign him. So I just think it would be incredibly funny if the Yankees ended up signing Josh Hader, Matt Carpenter, trade for Juan Soto. It's like the New York Padres out there in the Bronx, baby. But, you know, coming into this offseason... I there was a lot a lot of Yankee fans were talking about Josh Harris should we go out and get you know one of these big bullpen arms and the entire time we've all been against it right because again it's doomsday scenario if the Yankees don't get Yoshinobu Yamamoto then it's like where do you go from there right and I feel like the appropriate pivot would be to stack that bullpen I think that they look to go and a guy that's still in the free agent market that there was mutual interest to bring him back was Frankie Montas I think that he could end up filling out that five spot right now because I think the projected five starter right now is Clayton Beater and I don't think that the Yankees are comfortable with that happening and I don't think a lot of fans are happening or are comfortable with that happening I know that we're not so I think that they bring in again doomsday scenario they bring in Yamamoto if they bring in Hader on I think it would be like a one to two year deal it's not going to be a super long deal um and a lot of relievers at this point now, and I've been very against it ever since the Aroldis Chapman meltdown, is that I don't want the Yankees to pay relievers. I don't want, you know, to just toss money at guys for absolutely no reason. But if you get these guys on a one to two-year deal and you're in this World Series window right now after just trading for Juan Soto, I'm all for it, dude. Like, if you can toss, you know, a two-year 40 at Josh Hader and he's going to be lights out the best closer in the game, whatever, let's run it. If we can get Jordan Hicks to be that setup guy, whatever, let's run it. And granted, Alex, this bullpen is what kept us afloat last season. If the Yankees did not have a super stacked bullpen last year, we probably would have only won 70 games because they were a bottom five team as far as offense went. They were a bottom five team in starting pitching. The bullpen was incredible and was the be- one of the best, if not the best, in baseball. So if you can stack this group, bring back a guy like Frankie Montas, again, doomsday scenario without Yoshinobu Yamamoto, which none of us want to see, but... If you can stack that bullpen, I think that they're going to end up winning a lot of baseball games, and I think it would be very productive for them. I don't see them going out and bringing back Jordan Montgomery. I don't see them going after a Blake Stout. And right now, that pitch starting pitching market is really held up because of Yamamoto. Nothing's really moved on that front whatsoever. Not even any of the relievers have really gone because they're trying to see what's what's going to happen with you know the Japanese superstar and where he's going to go and where he's going to make his money. Um, so I think that once Yamamoto goes, we're going to get a, a clear picture of what's going to happen. If they end up getting him, it is what it is. I don't think they'd go out and get one of those guys. But for a pivot option, I don't hate it. And like you said, I really like that word. I really like that phrase, supercharged, because it's interesting. And just stacking the deck with those guys, I think, would be a lot of fun. So, you know, as a as a backup pivot plan, it's not what we want. But I think it would be ideal if they're if they're if they end up getting put in that situation. Yeah, I mean, look, being put in that situation. Um, <clears throat> It really, it really begs the question: Does that 
really significantly damage our World Series aspirations. You know, if you don't get Yamamoto, if you go with Mon- look, Montgomery just won a World Series. So, I mean, the, the 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 obvious connection is Montgomery is good enough to play in the postseason and win in the postseason. Uh, Two nine ERA in the postseason, over thirty one innings. The guy was lights out. He had one bad game, I think. Um, otherwise, I mean, strikeouts. The guy is always going to be a low strikeout guy. I think he struck like five batters per nine in the, in the playoffs, but generated a lot of weak contact. We know he can be good in that regard. In fact, maybe there's an argument to say that like like Montgomery would be solid for the Yankees in year one of the contract, and Yamamoto maybe like he may take him a little bit of time to adjust, and then after year one of the contract, he'll be insane, right? Like that's the bet you're taking. Um, I think there is some reason to be a little realistic in this regard. Like you know, it is a gamble. Like Yamamoto is objectively a risk because he's never pitched an MLB inning before, but he's 25 years old and he's durable and he's young and he's ready to make that transition and he's got a sick pitch mix and he's got a sick velocity like this guy makes all all the sense for the Yankees and any MLB team obviously we see a lot of interest here so this is a projection uh but at the same time like think about how young he is compared to some of our prospects right like Clark Schmidt's one year in as a starter and he's what 28 years old 27 28 mm-hmm. years old um Will Warren's 24 year or was he 20 is he 24 years old? I don't know. He's 23, 24 years old. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys are the same age as Yamamoto and so much less talented, it's not even funny. You know what I mean? Like, it's not even comparable how less talented they are than Yamamoto. Not to say they won't become serviceable MLB players, but if you could take a, 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 lab, a lab-made like prospect, it would be Yamamoto because he's 25 years old and ready to be an ace like in a year. Um, and I think that's like... Very, very rare. That's why you're spending so much money on this guy. Um, obviously, the gamble is there, but you're taking a gamble at any time. I mean, we took a gamble on Rodon, and he was awful last season. You never know. And like the, for the crowd of people that will say to themselves or ask us the question, um, you know, how can you spend $300 million on this pitcher? He's never pitched the MLB before. Well, we just spent $162 million on a pitcher last year, and guess what he did? He put up a, almost a 7 ERA. So, you know, mm. you just never know. You can never know if a guy's going to be good or, or bad, if he's going to get hurt or not. Um, we've gone down this path before. Sometimes you just got to go for the guy that's healthy, young, and has that much upside, and that's Yamamoto in this instance. Um, now, I do think that right now the Yankees have leverage. I think there's an advantage there. I think that I feel 70 75% good about our chances. But I'm, I think the Mets are still in this, and I think the Dodgers are still in this, man. Those two teams scare me. Like Steve Cohen could come out and say, screw you guys. I'm giving him $400 million. And if you're Hal Steinbrenner, you're like, I can't do that, man. You know, like, mm. I can't do that. But I even think that Steve Cohen is smart enough not to do that because it, it actually is problematic for baseball when you have an owner going that much higher than everybody else because it sets a market where the other, other teams now become less competitive. It's actually bad for business because if you elevate the, the cost of a, of a player who's never pitched in the MLB before to $400 million freaking dollars and you keep going, you know, think about the teams that can't spend that money and the teams that do spend that money. The disparity between them, you're ne- the, the game is going to be changed forever. So, like, I do believe that, like, realistically, he's not going to go to a level that, like, is incomprehensible, but it's going to go to a level where, like, the top guys, it's going to come down to two or three teams that can even spend that much money, which is, you know, is what it is. And, you know, I feel like all of baseball is kind of hurting because owners pocket that change and buy yachts instead of invest in talent. Um, but, you know, how do you feel about this right now? How do you feel? What, what is your what is your security kind of percentage in terms of uh, us landing Yamamoto and, you know, the concern about some other teams involved? I was a lot higher um, before the Shohei Otani news, you know, about the they gave him the seven hundred million dollars. And again, when it when the news came out, I thought it was seven hundred million dollars flat. 
What I will tell you is that, you know, the news coming out yesterday about Yamamoto requesting that second meeting with the Yankees, him specifically, not even the Yankees reaching out, it was him after having that dinner with Steve Cohen, like whatever. Um, but after the Yotani news dropped and it was the $700 million, I feel like it kind of, like, to me, it was like, and to all of us, really, it was like, okay, like, I think the Dodgers are out of play. Like, they just got Otani. They they're paying him a crazy bag. But now that he's only making the $2 million a year, it's like, what the hell is going on in Major League Baseball right now? Um, but right now, I'm at, like, a 60%, probably, like, a 60 to 65% chance. I really don't think, I think that the Mets are willing to spend that money. I think they're willing to throw that bag at Yamamoto. But I think that the timeline for the Mets is a lot different than the timeline for the Yankees and the Dodgers would be right now. I feel like if you add Yamamoto to the Yankees and the Dodgers right now, they're instant like World Series contenders without a doubt. If you add Yamamoto to the Mets, I'm not necessarily sure where that timeline is. I still think that the Atlanta Braves would be a better baseball team. I still think that the Philadelphia Phillies are a better baseball team in that division. And, you know, the Red Sox are weird. I don't even know why. I, I genuinely don't know why the Red Sox are in this conversation because if he goes to the Red Sox, they're just... It's not a successful product right now. So I really think, you know, it's a three-man race, and I would put the Yankees up top just because he's, uh, you know, apparently loves the prestige and, and loves the aura of playing at Yankee Stadium and that kind of stuff. But again, you know, the Dodgers bringing in Otani, his Japanese teammate, I think is huge, and them getting glass now I think is huge. So that would be an absolutely disgusting rotation. Um, so right now, if I'm going to power rank where I think, you know, the chances for all of these teams to sign Yamamoto would be, I'd put the Yankees up top. I'd probably put put the Dodgers in second place and I put the Mets in third place even with Steve Cohen and all his million dollar bags so it's uh it's going to be a really interesting race over the next probably week I think it probably happens within this week it, you know it's apparently going to happen before Christmas and Christmas is on Monday um so I think this I think we end up getting you know really some tidbits of news over the next couple of days and Paston tweeted earlier that the whole 300 million dollar thing is not a real thing um you know compared to what we've all believed over the past couple of weeks but I think that the, the bidders start coming in. It ends up being a bidding war. And it's going to be real nasty, and it's going to be disgusting, and I hope that we end up coming out on top. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm extremely... I'm still very confident that the Yankees can land Yamamoto right now, just because... They need that guy so bad. And if they don't, we talked about the pivot option, but the pivot option is significantly worse than landing a 25-year-old generational superstar that you can pair next to Juan Soto for the next decade, 15 years, whatever you want to do. So I just feel like they really want Yamamoto bad, and I think they're going to go to serious lengths to get him. So I feel very confident on that and about the Yankees landing him. I mean, they're certainly aggressive, so we're going to see how this goes. But, you know, of course, my friends, you can come to Fireside Yankees, the YouTube channel, or all of our social media channels to get all the updates on these sweepstakes and what the Yankees are up to on a daily basis. We're not going anywhere. So we appreciate all the love and support that you've offered us in this month of December. And I hope you guys can stay happy and healthy for the holidays. Sending you guys and your families our best wishes. Make sure to like and subscribe. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.